Hallelujah. Open your Bibles to Romans 4. I'm sure you're familiar with that. We're going to talk about growing strong in faith. How many would like to be strong in faith? Amen, I would. And we can always be stronger. Praise God. I know some people that are that I look to and say, boy, they are really strong in faith. But we all can grow our faith. Amen? Faith can grow. And God wants us to grow our faith. Romans 4 is talking about Abraham. First, let's start with verse 16. For this reason, it is by faith, in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed... It's pretty cool, isn't it? God's promises are guaranteed. It's not just a 10-year warranty. It's guaranteed. To all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. Now understand this. God told Abraham, his name and before this was Abram. But God changed his name and told him, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. You understand he's an old man. They've tried to have children all his life. When I say old, I mean old, old. And his wife was old too. And God says, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. Listen, I know what it's like when the doctors say you can't have a child. I know what it's like when you keep believing and believing and believing and there's no child. I would have been happy at that time if God said, Brownie, I'm going to make you a mother of one child. I'm sure Abraham and Sarah would have been happy that God was going to give them a baby. But God does exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ask or think. And he said, Abraham... He changed his name to Abraham, which means a father of many. I'm going to make you a father of many nations, many people. Remember, this doesn't, in Romans it doesn't talk about it, but in the Old Testament it talks about how he said, uh, can you count the stars in the sky? I don't think there's ever a time where I don't look up at the sky when there's stars and think about that. I'm reminded of that scripture There's not a time when I don't go to the mountains and I don't see what God says that I will look into the mountains. Talks about how the mountains are are what? We can look at the mountains and see God's creation. So I see the mountains and I think about God. God's a big God. But here God is telling Abraham, said, look at the sands. Now, that one gets me. When he says, can you count the stars, at least I can start counting them. <laughs> but he's, anybody try to count grains of sand? Maybe we should do that at children's camp, put a, a jar of sand. Who can, who can guess the number of grains of sand, you'll get a prize. <laughs> Nobody wants to do that because they don't want to be the one counting. I, <laughs> literally, has anybody ever tried to count? grains of sand but if you look at a beach and you think it's it's so big why did God use that example because 
You cannot measure God's promises by our own flesh, by this world. You can't. God's just got bigger things. He's a big God. Amen? Amen? And he said, in the presence of him who believed, even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. There's your core thing about faith. King James says he calls those things that be not as though they were. This says he calls into being those things that are, he says he gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not even exist. That's what, that's a core thing of faith. We have to call into being what doesn't exist. Amen? Maybe you have a mortgage and, uh, Thank God I haven't had a mortgage in a long time. Thank God. But, you know, I remember when we went to get a mortgage, <laughs> that first house we had, it was so, so I mean, it was bad. <laughs> but it was uh, like 19000 I forgot what it was. And they wouldn't give us a mortgage because they, they were given uh, loans for cars that were more than our house. And so... <laughs> but we didn't have any money, but here's the thing is, we didn't know if we were going to have any money except by God. So you go, and finally we went to, to the credit union in St. Wahlberg, and we go in there, and we say, you know, we need this money. And, uh, but we said, but it'll be paid off right away. Well, we knew with mortgages, they, you know, give you like 20 years. What, what are, what's mortgages these days? 20 years, 30 years? Is that what it is? 40 years? I mean, hey, believe God, guys. <laughs> believe God. Because <laughs> you, anyway. But I remember us standing in there and telling that guy, God, you know, if you'll give us the money, we promise we'll pay it off right away. Uh, I'm trying to remember how that was. It was like in October, and then in January or February, we went to a conference and it was in Seattle, and somebody paid our way, and we rode with them in their car. We didn't have any money. And so someone from Lloydminster was going. They paid our way. We rode with them in the car. They bought our food, all that. Some of you have heard this story. And so we were there Thursday night, Friday, night, Friday all day, Friday night. Saturday, we were in their service on Saturday morning. And it came, I mean, it was like, poof. And I turned to David and I said, God's going to pay off our mortgage really soon. Now, you've got to remember, we weren't even having anybody that, we didn't have a mission board that sent us up here. We had a church that was our church, our home church, that had, you know, prayed and said, we'll send, I think it was $600 a month, which was big, you know. And, uh, but the church split right after we came to Canada. So there was no church. So there was no money. So we're, we're telling this guy that we're going to pay it off, but we don't. I, it was God that had him give us any money because we, we didn't meet any qualification. But we were in that service, and then uh, we went back to the hotel room, and, and uh, David was really quiet. But I just I, did, I thought, I don't know how God's going to do it. We didn't have any, we both had widowed mothers that 
were living below poverty level. So it was like, well, we don't have any rich family. But we did have a rich daddy. Daddy God. <laughs> Amen. And so that night, they're, they're doing the offering. And I had a little money in my purse. And you, if you ever met David Bounds, he was not a crier, was he? He, he just didn't cry. He just, only time you saw him cry was when God was doing something. Didn't cry any other time. And we go and we sit, they start doing praise and worship. He sits down and he cries. And he cries and he cries. And then it was time for offering. So they're sending the offering buckets by. And I literally emptied, I, I mean, unzipped the, the wallet, did this. I didn't ask him because he, he didn't, he wasn't talking. <laughs> so why ask him? I didn't think about what are you going to do. Like, I didn't think like that. Because when God moves on you, you better move. Right. Right. So I did that. And then the minister was up at the front on the stage and he went, David, David and Brownie. And we were sitting uh, like on the second row. And I hit David. I said, he wants us to come up there. And so David is still out of it. And so they come and say, Brownie, he wants you up there. Okay. We went up there, and he said, God told me to give you the offering tonight, all of it. Do you know that offering? Here's how good God was. Paid off the mortgage and the tithe. God pays his own tithe. I mean, that's, that's like, Jesus, that's cool. There was wedding rings in there that we used for some of our first weddings in Loon Lake because they didn't have rings. They, didn't, they, ha they were given bullets and beadwork in the offering. We came back with wedding rings because God was going to start having These people didn't do weddings in those days. They did their traditional thing, which they would call, uh, you know, a joining, but they didn't do Christian weddings. God gave wedding rings. I want you to know it was less than six months that we go in that credit union. We told you, we told you, God did this. You see, we weren't looking to anybody to do it for us. We were looking to God. Abraham looked to God because quite frankly, today we have ways that, you know, there is some ways to help uh, people get pregnant, women get pregnant, but there's no guarantee. But when God says there is, there is. I mean, they're talking about liberty, you know. Liberty was dead in my womb for over a day. Every, every machine, every doctor said the baby is dead. But God had promised me liberty before I ever met David. He said, I'm going to give you a daughter, and her name is to be Liberty. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there will be liberty. Well, that liberty is going to be in Nepal. <laughs> but the enemy, the enemy knew that there was something. Now, they, he, doesn't, he doesn't have knowledge like to know like God. 
But he knew because he heard when she was dedicated, there was prophetic words over. They heard us. They heard when, when she came back to life, you know. He, he heard that, so he was trying to destroy her. You can't, the devil can't destroy anything unless we allow him. Amen? The Bible says, Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So there's areas in our lives today that are dead or maybe dying. Like Hunter said, he felt empty. Well, he still had the Spirit of God in him. Jesus hadn't left him. But how many of us can identify with that? Just, we might call it dry, empty, no interest. But what happened? Because he made a choice, his parents made a choice to get him where there is the anointing of God, then God did something. Hunter had to make a decision. His parents had to make a decision. The church had to make a decision. See, it, it all gets together because God's goal is that he multiplies us. Spirit, soul, and body. Amen. So let's go back to Abraham. He, it says that he, God gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. So people make fun of us sometimes. They, you know, I remember they've said to us sometimes, oh, you're that name it and claim it bunch. Yeah. Well, I guess Abraham was the name it and claim it. Because if you want to get it, you got to name it and claim it. James says you have not because you ask not. Yeah. God's promises or out there. I was just thinking today about Psalm 23 and it says that he sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Let me tell you, you might think you're doing great. You might, you know, think I'm strong in, the, in, in faith. But listen, you can have a demonic attack come on you or come against your family. A demonic attack. And what are we going to do? We have to not focus on the attack. That's right. We focus on the table. What's on the table? Everything that God wants for us. And he says, I've set the table before you. He wants us to sit down at the table, but you know why the demonic attack comes? To keep us out of our seat. Right. Now, where are we seated? The Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places with him. So that's in the presence of our enemies. Listen, that's not talking about heaven. There's no enemies in heaven. It's talking about here and now. And so you have to understand that God is putting us in a position. We're seated with him, but the enemy will always try to take us out to get us to be Focused on the wrong things. Anybody had some issues in the last six months? Were you under attack and your focus got off of what the word says and you got your focus on the attack? Yeah. Well, that's what the family of God's for. That's what the word of God's for. You know what? 
Don't get it where you're just depending on somebody that you think is strong in faith and say, well, if they will just pray for me, if I could just get Nick to pray for me, I'll be fine. It's wonderful to pray one for another, but listen, the best thing is that we get strong in faith. That's what we're going to talk about, how we get strong in faith. Amen? So instead of calling things that be, we call things that be not as though they were. In other words, instead of focusing on, man, I feel awful today, my body hurts, oh, I don't know how we're going to pay our bills, da-da-da-da. Listen, those are attacks because God has already provided for everything we need. When Jesus died on the cross, it says in Psalms one, uh, 103, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits. What are those benefits? Do you remember? I don't. Uh, let's put Psalm 103 up there, please. I know them, but I don't know them. I might not know them in order. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Coming, coming. Still coming. Maybe I'll do it in my own Bible. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Your soul is your mind and your will and your emotions. That's where you have to make a decision to bless the Lord. That's where the battle is in the mind. Your mind says, I don't know how we're going to do this. Your mind says, I don't want to do this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. We're going to see how Abraham, uh, one of the ways he grew in faith is because he glorified God. This is the same thing with David here. He says, bless the Lord. All, I don't know what's, what uh, Bible that is. What is that? No, that's 104. 103, please. Thanks, guys. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities. Now, most Christians believe God forgives sin, right? That's what pardon your iniquities is. But here's the thing. He says he heals what? What? How many diseases? How many? What's all mean? Uh, he, he forgives all our sin. That's big. There's not one sin that God won't forgive you for. He's already paid the price for it. It's a done deal. We just have to receive it. Then he heals all your diseases. By his stripes we were healed. Who redeems your life from the pit? Have you ever thought, boy, it's just the pits. Well, that's not what that's talking about. That wasn't used in those days. But he redeems us from hell. He redeems us from going the wrong way. He redeems us from things that will contain us. What what did Joseph's brothers do? They put him in the pit. Listen, you'll have brothers and sisters try to put you in the pit. But listen, God will get you out of it. He redeems my life from the pit. So no matter who tries to throw me in the pit and you know what? The enemy will use people. Because he's, he's not omnipresent. 
So he uses people. So people will try to put you down. People will try to say, you don't belong, but God will lift you out. We sang that today, right? Look how he lifted me. Let me tell you, he took us out of the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. I'm so glad. Who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. King James says, who satisfies your mouth with good things. If you can say the right thing, you'll have good things. Your mouth has to get in line with the word of God. Isn't that right? We said your, your biggest enemy is your mind. Now, God made us a mind. He didn't, he didn't say, I'm going to give them a mind. That's going to give them some trouble. No, he gave us our mind. So that's why it says that I will glorify the Lord. I will bless the Lord and all that is within me, all my spirit, my soul, and my body will bless the Lord. So here we go. And he says, he will... <laughs> he will renew our youth like the eagles. I like that scripture myself. <clears throat> You'll like it better the older you get. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. It says, In hope, against hope he believed, so that he might become a father of many nations, according to that which had been spoken. So, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body. Contemplated. That doesn't mean he worried about it. I looked it up because King James says he considered not, and so many people preach this, and they preach it from, they, they title their message, Consider Not. But I thought, well, I'm going to look that up because it kind of has a different meaning. And I did look up the original, and it can mean consider, it can mean uh, think about, it can mean uh, contemplate. But it says that he, really what it's saying is that he, he considered it or he contemplated it and just give it, thought it has no, no, uh, it has no place in what God's promised. Your body will scream to you and say, you can't do that. Your body will sp uh, scream and say, we're not going to do that. Oh, well... <laughs> We, you know, we need to have volunteers for this or something. And our bodies will say, I don't feel like it. Let me tell you, some of your greatest victories will do, be when you do something you don't feel like doing. Some of your greatest breakthroughs will come when you say, body, we're doing this. Body, we're going to get up and pray. Body, we're going to do this. We're going to go to church. Body, because your body will talk to you. You have to talk to your body. All right, let's keep going here. I, did, I didn't do a one minute, did I? <clears throat> it said he didn't, that he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old. And the deadness of Sarah's womb, let me tell you. He contemplated not only his own body, but he contemplated someone else's. Many times our promises are not only 
connected to us, but they're connected to who's connected to us. That's why we have to live in faith. That's why we have to believe God because our believing God is connected to someone else believing God. If Abraham had not received, it said that he believed what was spoken. If he hadn't, do you think Sarah, Sarah wouldn't have done it. And even if she wanted, it took both of them, didn't it? So here's the thing. I have to believe God. I have to trust God. I have to walk in faith. Why? For me. But second of all, I have to walk in faith because somebody else, their destiny, their walking in faith, their deliverance, their breakthrough depends on if I do what I'm called to do. Right? Hallelujah. If, if the counselors and the cook and the bus driver and all these things didn't happen last weekend, we wouldn't have had the testimonies we had today. You understand? It's all tied together. If no one volunteered to teach children today, then the children would be up here. And you know what? That, that'd be okay. That's not wrong. But they are changing those children's destiny because those kids are learning to walk by faith. So what they, what they decide to do depends and influences others. He said he did not waver in unbelief. Boy, that's the way I want to be. It says, with respect to the promise of God, here's our promises. As, a, as little children, you might have sung that song, every promise in the book is mine. Every, every chapter, every verse, every line. Well, that's a good song, but we got to sing it when we're 40, 50, 60, 70. Because that's when we start getting heavy things on us. It's, good. it's easy for a six-year-old to sing that. But that's why God says, become as a little child. Amen. Amen. You want to have somebody pray for you? Some of the best prayer warriors are downstairs right now. And they will not let you get by with saying, okay, it still hurts. They'll just jump on you again. (laughs) Hallelujah. I was laughing. I wasn't, I mean... I, have to sit t- I don't have time to tell you about all God did. When I was in Texas, I went down to Texas, and I, I was in a Brother Harris's, Tracy Harris's minister's conference, and I had to have a word from God on a particular thing. And I told God, I, I've got to hear from you. I just have to. You ever gone there and said, i got to have a word? i got to have it. Well... <clears throat> I, I don't know. Uh, I don't normally do this, but I had in my mind how that was going to be done. <laughs> don't do that. The first morning I walked in, Sunday morning, I had my answer, but I didn't want it that way. So every day, Tuesday, and what happened Tuesday, I'm sitting in early morning prayer because, man, I am not missing one thing. I need a word from God. I mean, I need God to tell me exactly. 
I need it to be clear. So I'm not going to miss early morning prayer. I'm not going to miss any services. I'm in prayer, and I start feeling something on my face. I look at Liberty and say, is there something wrong? She said, your lip is swelling up. Well, I didn't go get fillers, by the way. (laughs) But my lip just got huge. So Matthew, who's a doctor, is looking at me and going, are you you breathing okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm good. So I said, I'll just, drive, I'll just drive back to the hotel and I'll get a Benadryl and I'll take it. Now, I've never had allergies. I don't know that I've ever taken Benadryl until something like this had happened about three weeks before. And I went and got Benadryl. I don't, I don't think I'd ever even taken a Benadryl. So I said, I'll go back to the hotel and take a Benadryl. So I come back to the, to the meeting. I am not missing the meeting. Now, they had me on the front row. There's television cameras. <laughs> but when you want a word from God and you say, what I hear from God is not only going to affect me, but it'll affect Canada. I know what God is saying. I just need to have a real clear direction because it, it's not just for me, but it's for you. It's for the ministries in, in Canada. It's for our nation. It was big. I wanted to make sure I didn't miss God. So I went back and I walk in and I'm just walking in the, you know, the, there's, everybody else is in the meeting, so I'm coming in. And a doctor friend of mine is back there. And he goes, Brownie, well, Liberty has come back to try to wait for me to come in. She burst out laughing. And the doctor says, don't laugh at your mother. Like, this is serious. No, I'm good. Going back in the service. I went to the services for two days looking, whoa. (laughs) Because I was going to hear from God. Thank God they had a side thing, so I'd just go out the side. I didn't go visiting around the people. But I, I sat there in the front row with the cameras. I don't know if the cameras were ever on me. I hope not. But I didn't care. Because it wasn't about how I looked. It was about, I got to hear from God. So God did talk to me, but I did, he wasn't talking to me the way I wanted him to talk to me. I, I, you know, I, I wanted it a certain way. So uh, Sunday morning, Monday all day and night, Tuesday all morning, day and night, Wednesday all morning, day and night, Thursday. The conference was actually over Wednesday, but there was a, a special meeting Thursday night. And I was in my hotel room Thursday afternoon, and I made some quality decisions. I mean, I, I, I made them. And God told me where I'd been letting down on my faith on some things. You know, sometimes we just let down and, and we're, not, we're not aware. It kind of just sneaks up on us. And we start accepting things saying, well, it's okay. It's not that big a deal. I'm not talking about sin. I'm just talking about 
attacks from the enemy that I should have said no to and I should have really stood on my faith. And if you'd asked me, I would have said I'm standing on my faith. But when you get before God and you say, God, you got to tell me what's causing this hindrance, what's up, he'll tell you because he wants you free too. Thursday night, Tracy said, Brownie, you have a word for us. For, and he's talking about him and his wife. I said, yes, I do. Come up here. I started prophesying. And when I was prophesying, I got my answer. That is not the way I asked God to do that. Now, I didn't really ask God how to do it. But I had, you know what? I, I had, this is how it happened. It didn't happen like I thought. But I knew that I knew. I got the answer. What I'm saying is, you've got to persevere. You've got to stay in there. Abraham had, had to stay in there. And you know what he did? He tried to help God out, and he had Ishmael. Don't, you don't have to help God out. God's quite capable of bringing to pass what he promised you. God is quite capable. And so what happened? He had Ishmael, but he didn't had Isaac. But he had trouble with Ishmael and Ishmael's mother. Let me tell you, when you try to do things your way, you're going to get an Ishmael. And what happens? You've got to raise your Ishmaels. God didn't let him send them out. God told him he had to take care of them. God redeems those things that we mess up. Amen. He did. He redeemed, he redeemed that. But it, it could have been different if Abraham had just waited on God. How good are you at waiting on God? I looked crazy. I looked awful. But I liked it at the end of Thursday night when someone came up and said, I don't know any other woman that would come to the meetings looking like you looked. <laughs> Sit on the front row and just worship God and just enjoy the meetings and then get up. Now, it was better, by the way, when at, on Thursday. But just get up and do what God tells you to do. I don't know what, any other woman. I said, when you're hungry for the things that you're believing God for, you'll do it. We're just not hungry enough. We just settle. Let me tell you, this church is called to do a great thing. We're called to do many great things. And I heard the Holy Ghost say, I'm going to bring an infusion of the Spirit to this church. I'm going to bring supernatural things. Now, we've had supernatural things. Do you hear that? We've had. We can't live in we've had. We can't live in it just a little bit. But if you're not hungry, if you're just settling, going, well, I, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm good. Well, here's what I pray. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you say, well, I'm not hungry. And somebody you're with, they order something. This is good for husbands and wives, you know. <laughs> oh, I'm not hungry. I'll just have a salad. And then they get something, you go, oh, that looks good. <laughs> I'll just have a few fries. Ooh, you're not going to eat that all, are you? You ever done that? 
You know what that means? It means we can, we can make other people hungry. Yeah, that's right. The aroma of the Spirit will cause others to want what we have. But many times our aroma stinks just like the world. You got it? Many times we're complaining, we're griping, we get on Facebook and tell all our troubles just like the world. That doesn't make anybody hungry. Why would they want to be one of us? But I was hungry. I was hungry for me, but I was hungry for you. I was hungry for our area. I was hungry for our nation. Because I knew I'm not leaving this earth until we have everything that God's called us to have. Until we have and walk in it consistently. Not just here and there. But consistently, and here's what's happening. There's the the things of the Spirit. There's moves of the Spirit. But I'll just tell you the truth. A lot of them, they don't have a foundation of the Word. And what happens is you can shake and you can, you know, get all these things, which I believe in, by the way. You can have an experience with the Holy Spirit. But if you do not have a foundation of the Word of God, then it might last you a week. But you won't have what to build on. So when David Bounds sat at the post office when it was down there downtown in 1972 and he heard God say, I want you, and he's from Arkansas, and he heard God say, I want you to bring faith and grace to this Midwest region. He was only a young guy, 19 years old. Sitting in a car while somebody went to mail a a letter. God had to turn that around. But that's still our word. Faith and grace. And David had a hunger for the things of the Spirit. I have a hunger for the things of the Spirit. But if we don't know how to live by faith, there'll be flashes in the pan. You ever seen them do those, uh, uh, those banana, what do you call it, where they pour an alcohol thing on it and they burn it? I forgot what that's called. What is it? Flambe, yeah. And so... It, it, it burns it off. It looks good for a minute, but it burns off. That's what it is when we just want something to happen so we feel good and we don't have anything below it. We're building our houses on sand when we should have be building them on the rock. Boy, I am going way off my notes, but that's okay. We're good on that. You good? I'm good. What I wanted wanted to just say, though, I I did hear the Holy Ghost. I did hear the assignment. The assignment hadn't changed. It was me that was just 
wanting, I, I don't want to do things because we've always done it this way. I don't want to do that. But if God's good with doing it the same, then I'm good. But I did hear it. I, I was walking out that service. We left at 2 a.m. in the morning. Listen, when you're hungry for God, you'll stay. You'll stay. You'll stay whether your body wants to stay or not. You'll stay. And you'll wait. And you'll soak in. That night, as we were worshiping God, no, it was the night before, they had brought in this real uh, well-known uh, gospel singer, and they had a well-known organist on a Hammond organ. This is the South, you guys. And he could, I mean, he could make it talk. I, I used to play the organ in church. I, I could never play like that guy. And we were, we were worshiping God, and then a prophetic words started coming, and I heard a riff on the organ. And I looked up, and he wasn't at the organ. Now, I have an app on my phone that will do that. So I'm thinking, did somebody do that on their phone? Did somebody use that app? So I looked at, because I, I didn't know. Did anybody else hear that? I looked at Liberty. I said, did you hear that? I did. I looked at Lori. Lori, did you hear that? I did. God was just going to play the organ for us. I heard it two more times. I, they did not hear it the other times. We heard it once. So we were in prayer the next night, and uh, we were with this this, this organist, this guy was there, and I said to him, did you hear? Did you hear the organ while we were, while the word was being ministered? Did you hear it? He said, no. So we started asking around. Some heard it and some didn't. I don't know why that is. I have an opinion, but I don't know why that is. But this is what I'm saying. God has angels present every time we gather together. There's angelic presence. But they're not ones that you wear on your little, you know, little naked babies. Don't get me started. I'm going to get way off. They're big. They're huge. They're mighty warring angels. And they're here to help us get where we need to go. But if you do not have a foundation of the word of God, you're going to live from meeting to meeting, from conference to conference, from special meeting to special meeting, and between the meetings, your life is a mess. You don't have to live like that. That's why I've come to tell you. You can live in faith. You can live in prosperity. You can live in victory. You can live healed. These are what God has already done for us. But you got to get hungry for it. Let's just finish off here. I'm going to read this to you uh, in the Passion, starting with verse 19. In spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. Let's read that again. His faith was so strong that 
it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of having a child. Your faith can be so strong that it is, un, uh, it is how did he word it? Un, under, could not be undermined. Your faith cannot be undermined by the fact that in the natural it's impossible. Listen, you need to have your faith that we need to know what God wants us to do. Are we going to expand this building? Are we going to go somewhere else? We have a word from God that says, I will tell you. So we're waiting to hear. So that makes some people nervous. Don't get nervous. God's got it under control. I'm, I have perfect, perfect peace that God has a plan. God has a plan. So God had a plan with Abraham, even though in the natural it was impossible. God loves to do impossible things. He never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child. And because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises. Listen to that. God had the power. He didn't have the power. You don't have to make it happen. God has all the power. In fact, most of the time, your helping will slow down the process. <laughs> if you'll just do, all God's asking you to do is believe. Believe and receive. But belief is hard work. It's, it's not works, but it's hard work to keep your faith out. Because you have to be sharp in the spirit. Now, let, let me say, I mean, you can do this as a baby Christian. Everybody in here can do this. You can use your faith, and what happens is, we were talking about how do you grow it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. So that's one way, that, that's how faith comes. But it says that he grew strong in faith, glorifying God. And that hit me as last night. When I read that, I, that hit me because it reminded me of when I was in Texas. I just kept glorifying God. Thank you, Jesus. I know what to do. Thank you. I have supernatural help. Thank you, Lord. The Holy Spirit's here to help me. Thank you, Lord. I'm healed. I don't care what my lip looks like. I don't care what my face looks like. I'm not moved by those things. You glorify God. It's not, it's not a choice whether I'm going to glorify God because the Bible says in Psalms 150, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. This church should be a church full of praise. Full of it. Full of it. Everyone from the smallest to the oldest. Full of it. They talk about my mama. She was like 80 years old and she could outdance the teenagers in the church. Why? Because she loved to glorify God. So let's just finish up here. It said he glorified God. Uh, back to New American Standard for a few minutes here. 
that he grew strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully assured that God, what God had promised he was able to perform. Fully assured, that means no doubt. No doubt. Hebrews 11 talks about Abraham. Hebrews 11, we call it the Hall of Fame of Faith. I love it. First verse says, now faith is. Tells you what faith is. Why does it tell you? Because the rest of us are going, by faith, Enoch. By faith, so-and-so. By faith. These are guys and women, men and women, who made God's Hall of Fame. I think that when we get to heaven, it's going to be expanded. I do. I believe that there's going to be an expansion of Hebrews 11. And it's going to say, by faith, this person, and by faith, this person. And some of them, we won't know who they are because they're not on big stages, they're not on media. They're at their home in a prayer closet. Big time. By faith, Abraham, verse 8. When he was called, obeyed by going out to a place with which he was to receive for an inheritance, he went out not knowing where he was going. That's like faith. Faith walks out. Remember when Jesus told the disciples, let's go to the other side? He was going over there to an island. There was that, uh, actually there was two demon-possessed guys living in the cemetery. You remember that story? So Jesus goes to sleep down in the, in the boat. And what happens, that storm of hurricane uh, magnitude comes, that storm comes. They wake up Jesus because he's sleeping. Listen, there's people today here in Lloydminster that are so afraid when hail comes and the winds come and they're having anxiety attacks. If that's you, I'm going to pray for you. To Well, actually, I'm not. I'm going to tell you. Start believing God. I'm t- Listen, I don't know what my, my neighbors think, but when that hail starts, I start speaking to it. In the last big one, I just went, I remember Jesus said, because it said he spoke to the winds and the waves. But if you look at it and you look back to what it really meant, and I learned this from a scholar, not from my own brain, and he said, really, it means that Jesus just went, shh. Well, I was, and I was screaming at that. I command you to stop in Jesus' name. Get away. Don't touch our property. Don't touch my property. Don't touch any of our properties. Don't touch the church. I'm screaming at it. And then the Lord reminded me, and I went, oh, shh. I went out on my deck, and it's boom, 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 boom. Shh. You know what? It stopped. Surprised me too. (laughs) My screaming didn't work, but when I just went out and went, shh, it calmed down. Jesus rebuked the wind. He rebuked the sea. But what did he do next? He rebuked the disciples. He said, why are you so afraid, ye of little faith? God's going to fight our battles. But listen, he's going to come and require of us to have faith because really they should have been like Jesus but they were big even though they'd just seen crowds healed they'd just seen miracles they'd seen the the people fed they'd seen so much they'd been with Jesus but a storm comes listen storms will come 
If you haven't experienced a storm, I promise you, storms will come. But what we do in the storm determines our outcome. Jesus is always in the boat with us. But I don't want to be rebuked by Jesus to say, and Jesus will rebuke us. He rebuked me that Thursday afternoon for told me what I wasn't doing, I, where I wasn't believing right. He will rebuke us, but he does it to teach us, right? He wasn't mad at them, but what did he say? Let me see if I have that. I'm not sure I have that. Mark 4, verse, uh, I don't know what verse, it's around 35, 40, somewhere in there. It said he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, shh, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? Now, you would have thought the response to that would be, I repent, I'm going to believe God. Here's our response. It says, they became very much afraid and said to one another, who then is this? They've been with this guy. It'd be like me saying, Kim doing something by faith and I watch it and then I go, who is she? Like, duh. Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? He's the same one you were with that healed all those people in the crowd. He's the same one that healed the paralytic, anyway, guy paralyzed. He was the same one that just taught you about the sower sows the word. He's the same one that taught you to have faith. Like Faith is a seed. Faith is a seed. You have faith. That's a seed. You plant your faith, it'll grow and produce a harvest. Faith, he's not using that as an illustration that little faith will make a big tree. No, he's just using it to, he's just talking about sowing the seed. He's just saying if you have faith, even as the mustard seed, you shall say to this. So he's talking that, but he's not saying, just even if you have a little faith. No, he's, he's trying to tell you, faith is a seed. Take your faith and plant it. Faith is a seed. And even if it's a small seed or a big seed, it's a seed and seed always. A seed has life. You plant that seed, one seed has many plants in it. Right? So that's our faith. We plant our faith and our faith will produce many Things and what our faith produces. For instance, our faith produces this. Our faith produced it, us to be out of debt. We don't owe anything on any. The ministry has no debt whatsoever. But it was done by faith. We didn't have a rich person that came in here and said, "Here's a million dollars. Do what you want." It came by us all being faithful givers, and using our faith and, and saying every time, "Thank God, we're out of debt." That's how David and I got out of debt. Every time we'd sow our seed and say, thank God we're out of debt. Thank God. It didn't, it, we, we couldn't figure out how that would happen, but it happened. Whatever you need today, let's say, I'm going to put my faith on it. 
And that's not just, you know, pretending. I'm talking about seriously getting a hold of it and saying, I refuse to live like this. I will not live like this. This is not the will of God. It's not the will of God that we come together and we just sit and have a nice social club. Join the rotaries. No, we are going to have a place. And we do have it. I'm not going to say we do have it. We have a place where the Spirit of the Lord is welcome. We have a place where the Word is preached. We do. We have a place where people love each other. We do. But I believe we can go deeper, further, faster, because Jesus is coming soon. And I want to finish my assignment. Do you? Amen. Praise the Lord. Stand to your feet.